0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team love the power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Right, cross. The reception's love okay, the power. here
1: we go. Welcome to the Port Adelaide Preview Podcast for the round nine match against Gold Coast. Uh, we'll be playing Saturday afternoon at Far North Albert and Oval, also known as I think Zhang Wan Stadium in Shanghai. Uh, I'm Portia, and joining me from a car in the middle of Florida is driving Rick. Rick, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm very good. What about you?
1: Oh, look, I'm still on a on a, on a showdown high, quite frankly. That was uh, really ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it, reminded yeah. me, it reminded me a hell of a lot of uh, um, that uh, goal of um, when we came down two goals behind against Nord in that prelim back before we were in the AFL what year was that, ninety five, ninety mm-hmm. six? in that you just yes. you would have no reasonable right to say it was going to happen, but I was feeling pretty confident. <laughs> and I, yes. And I, and I don't know why. Um, yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal, really good. So uh, it's been a good week. I think it's been a good week for every Port fan. I can't think there'd be too many that it wouldn't be.
0: But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, no one really expected us to win. I mean, uh, um, I didn't... I. I definitely didn't. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, look, I just couldn't see the form line of us, especially in the big games. I mean, eventually our our form line in big games had to change. We had to win one eventually. We've been so close. Yeah. Um, and I, what I, I guess what I I brought up on the Big Footy Forum was that, have, you know, have our big recruits actually paid off for us already this year because that's two games, Brisbane and now Adelaide, where we've won by less than a goal, where we've been routinely dropping those games over the last three years and that's why we brought in some more experienced recruits to support the side to try and get over those close games. So Mm -hmm. I I wonder if they've made a smidgen of a difference to help us in those close games. What are your thoughts there? Yeah,
1: maybe. Um, I just had a, was reading Spreaker Chat while you were talking um, and Windy Runner has pointed out that you called it that if Robbie kicks five, we win. So, uh, well done.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome. But, I mean, to me it was sort of pretty obvious because we're lacking a multiple goal scorer at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's why I created that crappy title thread on Big Footy the other day. Um, you know, what, where's our goals coming from? And that's my concern for us against the stronger teams. Again, that's been our repeat problem over the last few years: mm. is our our, our multiple goal-scoring avenues. And Robbie Gray seems to be the main man. Um, Chad seems to have lost that capacity to uh, kick high multiple goals. Um, so, unless it's Robbie, I'm not I'm not sure where we're going to kick those big scores from against the better opposition sides. I'm, what do you think?
1: Well, I mean, we're still missing, missing Marshall for obvious reasons, uh, and he has already done it. He's already been a multiple goal kicker in multiple games in his short career, so um, you'd have to think that he could very well develop to be that extra avenue. Um, and Charlie Dixon's done it before; he's just not doing it this year, which is very frustrating. But
0: uh, look, I mean, do I, you have I, a sorry? Do you have a theory on Charlie Dixon? On Do you think it's just that ruck load and pushing him up the ground? Was he a decoy last week, trying to pull Talia out, or do you think there's something a little bit more sinister and that his form's just out of whack?
1: I think that sometimes players just have, you know, dips in form. I think that happens. Um, I think he's still staying doing enough to stay in the side. It would be nice if he was doing more. That's the thing. Like, you can't drop him. (laughs) You know, his work rate is still right up there. His fit, his results are not. But then again, who, who do you play instead of him? And it's like, well, there's no one even close. So, I think that might be part of the frustration for fans is that he will keep being played every week if he keeps going through a slump. But I think it's, I think he's just got to turn it around. I think it's coming. Um, I mean,
0: look, yeah. I, I've never thought, I've never thought we're going to drop Charlie Dixon. I can't no, see that. No right? Right. Uh, and I, and I so think Ken and, <laughs> and I think and I think Ken's come out and said this week as well. You know he would be starting 18 player at 18 AFL clubs yeah, or 17 other AFL he clubs. So, he
1: totally would. So
0: yeah.
1: at this point, we just have to suck it up. And if it's bad form or if it's bad forward line coaching, you know, we don't know which, but reality is that we don't have any choices. So we just deal with it the same as we do with Paddy Ryder's situation. Um, in that yeah. If he's not playing, we're screwed. So yeah, well,
0: that, that's I mean, what I, happens. <laughs> but ideally, I mean, he's, he's our tall, multiple goal-kicking target, really. He, he should be the main man and and so if we if we can start became, if we can get a functional forward line where he is you know kicking two to three goals on average a game which means he's going to get his games where he's kicking five or six yeah. Um, yeah. that to me I think that's going to be showing real progression in our our football strategy and development and uh, pushing us a long way to being top, a top four side which I think we're equal third at the moment so we're almost there.
1: Honestly, I'm not really, I'm not as con- interested in Charlie being a player that regularly kicks five or six, um, because that's usually symptomatic of sides that have one good key forward, uh, and I don't want to be that side because it, it is, it is very vulnerable, and you know, like we've talked about we've got Marshall hopefully coming back after the buy. They'd be really nice. We don't know whether he can come back that quick or what's what's going on. Yeah, know, even even keeping up his training later. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, that would be nice as an option, and you've got still Jack Watts. Admittedly, he's playing you know a bit deeper, um, but in theory that should mean I suppose Charlie's playing closer to goal. Uh, but either way, like mm. we want we want to have multiple avenues to goal. Like that's the that's what a, a really good team has is those multiple avenues, so that if you, your number one option's down, you can still get a, a winning score. And I'd much rather we work towards that. Like if if Charlie can become a two or three goal a game forward, um, that would be fantastic. Like if he was just a, if he kicked two goals every game this year, I would be very happy with that. Really, because um, he does so much but, more apart from just kick goals.
0: But you know, on average, if he's a two or three a goal game forward, that means he's going to have his odd game where he's kicking five or six. And oh yeah, 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 and that's what, I, yeah, I do, sure. and, that's what I, and and that's what I mean, you know, because I mean that will be that game where he bursts out and wins the game off his own boot. But for he's sure. not doing it every week. I agree with you. And, and yeah. I think with our forward line, you know, we don't, we don't need that sort of forward. You know, we, we do have that diversity. And, but I think the great thing, too, was uh, you know, playing Rockcliffe centre allowed us to play Robbie Gray forward, which allowed us to get the benefit of a multiple goal scoring option up in our forward line. So were you happy with Rockcliffe's game?
1: Look, I was, and I was really happy because that was one of my excuses I listed for why Port were losing in the review last week um, before the Crows game. Uh, which is that this week, finally, for the first time, and even now we're not at our top level, we actually had all of Chad Wingard, Robbie Gray and Tom Rockcliffe in something resembling form um, and fitness, you know, something close to that. Uh, because they were, the whole dream in the, in the off-season was that they were going to be to some extent interchangeable and then we could just, you know, move them around for match-ups, whatever was working on the day, whatever slight focus we wanted, whether we wanted more, you know, sort of crumbing or whether we wanted marking or just a bit of grunt in the forward line. Um, you know, that we would have that option to play these three guys who could theoretically play pretty similar positions up forward or in the midfield. So the fact that, you know, Rockcliffe came out and he played what is essentially, that's a standard standard Rockcliffe game, yeah? Um, Mm -hmm. And then we've got that freed up Robbie Gray, and to some extent freed up uh, Chad Wingard. He's obviously coming back a bit more proppy. um, But, you know, who knows? We, We might see this week or the week after. Um, I'm I'm very happy with how Rockcliffe came in but it's what we expected, you know it's what we were, what's what we we bought at the start of the year, yeah? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely It was good good and hopefully he'll just keep doing it, he should be able to Yeah Um, Now we've got a couple of good comments on uh, Spreaker Chat Um, Windy Runner has pointed out that Charlie doesn't start years well and he reckons he'll kick five against Gold Coast which past form says that's probably right Uh. And uh, Libby has said that we haven't played any weaker teams yet this season, with the exception of Brisbane, and that Charlie just needs confidence. If he kicks a few this week, he'll be back on. And it's a good point about us not having played a lot of weaker teams, because as far as the teams at the bottom of the ladder, have we played any of them? <laughs> really? Um, we haven't played Carlton. I'm going go through the ladder, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of awful teams out there that we just haven't had a crack at yet. Um, which means you know we've actually been going it's mid-table or top-table sides and doing
0: all right. No, we've had a we've had a challenging uh, draw and we're yeah. we're sort of in a good position. You know we've what yeah. we played Adelaide, which is uh, third. We've played Sydney, which is uh, six, I think, from memory. We've played North Melbourne. I yeah. think North Melbourne's still in there and still in the top eight, aren't they? No, they're tenth. Um, mm-hmm. Tenth. Yeah. Uh, they must, after last week's loss or Something and West Coast, obviously. I mean, West Coast, for me, are the surprise packets of the competition so far this year. Yeah, they're doing well, aren't they? Um... They are doing well. I mean, I keep expecting them to drop a game and they, they keep winning. And um, Do you think it's the influence of uh, Nick Nat? Is that, is that the difference for West Coast this year to last year?
1: Look, I think it's a difference. But it's also really interesting um, because um, <laughs> I have to admit, at the end of the first quarter last week, I did start looking up assistant coaches at other clubs. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, Adrian Hickmott is at West Coast, and he's been their midfield coach for the last two years. And those two years that midfield has been doing really pretty well, and you know, despite a bit of turnover, they're still doing really well. So, who knows? Maybe he's just elevating his way up the coaching ranks as the next potential senior coach. Routine that sacks their coach, I don't know. Maybe.
0: Wasn't he a halfback flanker for Geelong and Carlton?
1: Uh, I forget. Yeah, Carlton, yes, definitely. I can't remember the Geelong.
0: I think he might have played for Geelong as well. Imagine, imagine having two Geelong halfback flankers uh, coaching at Port Adelaide. Maybe Kenny can woo him over, so to speak. <laughs> might be
1: a bit tricky. But, I can't. I can't imagine that West Coast wouldn't pay him well if he looked like being poached for an assistant role. But,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah hmm. that is true. Hmm. But uh, yeah, good on him. Anyway, we're on. We better talk about Port Adelaide, not West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Unless we're trying to justify a reason we've lost a couple of games <laughs>
1: we could <laughs> No, I wouldn't worry about that um, and just one other comment from Kirk on Spreaker, chat asking <laughs> if we get to shake the can't beat a top eight side uh, tag now I think so we do want to ride against top eight side so yeah I think we, I think we get to shake that for now um, I think we still have to get over uh, I our I think win so in finals <laughs> That's a big one.
0: But, uh, yeah. Yeah. We gotta yeah. play finals to uh to shape that tag.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's one of those ones that can only be shaken by winning some finals. So let's let's do that, hopefully.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: All right. Now look, um looking forward uh talking about the hot topic I suppose is the fact that we are playing in China and that's uh, certainly, you know, an interesting prospect. I guess there was a bit more excitement about it last year. Um this year it this year, it's like, oh, cool! We're playing in China. Who are we play? It's oh, right. We're playing Gold Coast, and it just doesn't seem as interesting. <laughs> like of all the excitement, yeah. all the excitement you get from playing in China, then the fact that it's against Gold Coast just really takes it down a couple of notches. I think. I
0: don't know. I, I think you know. I, I get exactly what you're saying, but at yeah. the same time, I'm sort of over, you know, the the interstate side, so to speak, having to play. Well, let's say the non-Victorian sides having to play a Victorian side for it to be a marquee game. And, um, you know, and I, it's, so that's where it's a little bit annoying uh, for me. So I, I sort of, I'm glad we're playing Gold Coast in a way and it'd be annoying if we have to play uh, a, a North Melbourne or a St Kilda for, for it to get more recognition because, yeah, it just shows that's what the competition really is instead of uh, being a national it? competition.
1: I've got to say, I mean, my comment is entirely from the perspective of a Port fan. Like, I mean, I would rather, if, and they're both not great teams right now, but I would rather have played Brisbane there than Gold Coast because at least there's, you know, some semblance of bragging rights in history given the fact that, you know, we've played a grand final against each other. Um, and that that's what Gold Coast is up against more than anything is the fact that no one's got an interesting history with them because they just haven't really had any success at all. Um so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a New State versus Victorian teams thing. Like, it doesn't take much, you know. Um, I'm very keen on us beating Brisbane wherever we play them, whenever we play them. Uh, and if we were playing Brisbane in China, I'd be, you know, pretty hyped about this week. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I understand what yeah. you're
0: saying. A I mean, yeah, I, I love... Sure. Yeah, I mean, I love the China strategy. I think the China strategy is great. Um, I thought that article that people were throwing out on Facebook this week that came out from a guy pretty much shit canning Port and the AFL about why bothering going to China. It was so narrow-minded. Um, yeah, I think it's an exciting strategy. And, uh, you know, and bagging Port Adelaide for wanting to do it to try and get extra revenue. I mean, duh. isn't not that isn't that what business is all about, trying to find extra revenue sources? I mean... No, we, we're going to stay stuck in Adelaide with a small town mentality and and struggle financially forever. But you know, I mean, it, it was just such a—I uh, don't know if you saw it, but it was such a disgraceful article. Uh, so, it. biased.
1: Hey, I didn't see it, but I don't need to see it because I already know everything that's in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty much. You, you don't. Yeah. There's nothing new on. There's nothing new in those sort of articles, is there? um i don't know what should we be doing instead just going deeper on poker machines (laughs) what what should we be doing that would generate revenue for the club like we'll cop it for generating revenue and then we cop it for not generating revenue if we get a loss you know so you can't win so in any anything like that Uh, that you just can't win anyone whose approval is so persistently against you you just don't need it (laughs) ignore it who cares
0: yeah, but I mean, that's right. I mean, look, I mean, I just don't get it. Like, yeah. why? You know, why question why the AFL would want to go to China? I mean, why not? Why not expand your brand? And uh, it's good for the teams and sponsors and and even all the AFL sponsors because it's going to bring some awareness to all eighteen AFL clubs. So, you know, I mean, there'll be eight to ten million viewers this week. Will be the highest view game uh, for the year. Um, So yeah, it's a great it's a great thing and it might help bring more sponsors to the whole competition, let alone just Port Adelaide and potentially Gold Coast. So but anyway, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm not excited that it's I'm not excited it's on at like two thirty in the morning my time, but I am excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, good, good, good. Oh dear, alright, mm. well look, Um, I went through like I do usually, I haven't. I think I've watched about, about half a game of Gold Coast this year, um, they're not very fun, uh, but I'll go through what they've done so far this year, so uh, they're 3-5 and five for the season, which is actually kind of impressive, um, they've had wins against North in that game on the Cairns floodplains, uh by 16 points, and they've beaten Carlton at Docklands and Brisbane at the Gabba, so they've really only had wins against, apart from that North game, they've only had wins against Scrubbers. Uh, and they've lost their three most recent matches uh, in a row against Adelaide and Adelaide, Bulldogs and Ballarat and Melbourne at the Gabba. So uh, they're just not in good form at the minute. And that last one was a bit of a thrashing, but uh, that's how you are. Now, this is where I go into the stats. And normally I'd go really, you know, I'd, I'd have a look through stats. I'd try to make work out how the story of what they are fits with, you know, what we know about the teams and individual things and all that sort of stuff. But there's really not much to know apart from these two. In the league, Gold Coast have the fourth most kicks and they have the fewest marks. That's that's it. You know, they kick in the ball heaps and they've got less marks than any other club in the league. Um, you, you don't need to know much more than that. Uh, really. So, that...
0: <laughs>
1: means well, what's going on hard. is
0: their disposal efficiency? Yeah, their disposal efficiency is down as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got the most clangers, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But you don't even need to but, uh, know that. Like, you just need to skills. know those two stats. Yeah. Like, There's a whole bunch of other ones. They've got the fewest inside 50s. They've got the fewest marks inside 50. They've got the least amount of uncontested possession. Like, There's a whole bunch of other stats you can look up, but they pretty much all flow from that. You know, fourth most kicks, least marks. Um, so there's a bit of work there to be done. Uh, so that system, that skills, that's fitness, that's a whole bunch of stuff. So
0: uh, they're in disarray, really. Um, and uh, Do you think... Is it acceptable in modern AFL football to not have a, a standard skill base? Or do you think it's just that due to the tactics you try to implement, you, your skills fall apart against other teams that are playing like a high pressure game plan or something. And, and so, you know, they're just falling apart. So the skills are there, but because of the tactics being applied, they're losing them or they're just... Poorly, a poorly skilled team and if they're a poorly skilled team I mean that's a bit of a detriment to the coaches because you'd think they'd be football 101 practicing skills all the time
1: well it's one of those things that's uh, you don't see in professional sports uh, in America for example because they don't draft and play 18 year olds as a rule yeah like that that's the thing we, we, we've got kids playing the game who are 18, 19, 20, and they're still growing. You know, they're still growing. They're still getting properly coordinated. It's hard to work on skills when your body's changing, particularly when you're putting on the weight necessary to play at a professional level, then you have know, the muscle and getting the fitness base and all that stuff. Whereas, you know, guys that get drafted from college, they've got a lot of that. Um, so the reality is that, um, particularly with the elite list, uh, where you have, you know, not a huge pool of players to select from, um that when you've got a team that's trying to build up from you know pretty much nothing you've got a bunch of young guys like you're going to be up against it just on that basis as much as anything else um you know and so skills skills you've got to learn skills you get through experience and it doesn't have to be the greatest experience it doesn't have to be you know elite level necessarily um but just you know settling into uh, who you are and all that sort of thing as much as anything and i, th- I think that yeah gold coast they they just have not progressed like like freeman or did had the same situation for their first 15 years or something didn't they where they just hadn't progressed they just constantly had a young list that was not doing enough and a few old guys that they played because they had to um they would much they'd do much better having a a farm system where they could um have have a full full complement of guys over the age of 22 and then a bunch of juniors coming through training other clubs uh, out of the spotlight and getting up to speed somewhere it didn't matter how well they played but we can't do that because we've got a, we've got the elite list that we apparently are sticking with, um, which I don't think any other I don't think any other professional sport really has it. Um, I don't think any other professional sport has such a low percentage of players um, on the field or such a high percentage of players on the field compared to players on the list. We can't even form two teams, yeah, two full teams yeah. with, a, with a player list in the AFL. Yeah. That's that's unusual. That's that's not standard for any professional sport. I don't believe so. Uh, you look at the basketball list, yeah. The professional I guess basketball so list, they've got like four teams worth of players, you know. Hockey lists are about the same, they're probably all five or six. Um, NFL, they have an entire practice squad, you know, it's specifically to train against. So, um, that's just our own hiccup as a league. I know what it's done, it's done to, I suppose, uh, keep a cap on total player uh, payment expenditure while allowing the best players to make a good wage but I think it's probably about time to maybe consider changing that because it does
0: lower the standard. You'd, you need, you'd need, you'd need 50. It's a very good point. You'd need almost a roster of 50 players, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we should be operating with. You know, that, that, that is what you yeah. should, should be operating with. Enough to field a full reserve side without top-ups uh, and then have a few injured players um, and then have these guys, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds, playing at the lower level unless they are absolutely good enough to play at the top level, you know?
0: There's, yeah. there's, the, yeah, there's,
1: I, a, there's a gap there's a
0: gap that's caused by the I, I still like the idea of increasing the uh, the age you know recruit kids at 18 but I think we it's, it seems to be now almost uh, a battle of who can who can fill the youngest side sometimes you know the average playing age is you know it's all, it's looked at like a badge of honour you know I've got a, we've got a playing average playing age and they're starting 22 of uh yeah you know twenty one and a half years, and I think uh, you know it's a they're playing against physically growing men and some of these eighteens are just throwing in eighteen year olds and you get the odd anomaly um, you know your Zeeble and your Michael Voss before them and stuff like mm-hmm. that where they're so, you know Ollie Wines, for example, but they're mm. they're anomaly players, yeah, they're no. not regular players. and yeah, I just wonder like if you know back in the olden days when players were like twenty one or twenty two coming through the reserve system, before they play they had longer careers I want, you know I wonder if our players would have longer careers if they you know were you know were really coming in at 21 or 20 instead of uh, 17 18
1: well I mean I don't think that you need to necessarily put an age limit like say oh well, we're only drafting over 21s because that's that's not going to work but just having a, a list large enough that you don't have to play your 18 year olds unless they're up to speed you know that you can you can just you know troll the state leagues Or or just keep on guys that you you drafted years earlier and and just, you know, keep them there and progress them in a sensible, long-term basis, you know. Or or just pick them up, you know, from the state leagues and have them there. Um, Yeah, we we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot in that regard, I reckon.
0: Well, if we lost four teams, that's uh, 160 players. Uh, Divide that by 14. Um, yeah, you uh, know, that's 10 players per roster that could be reallocated to the remaining 14 teams. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that solves your problem right there.
1: Well, I don't think you need to do that. I think you just need to expand the lists and then, you know, it'll take a few years. It won't work immediately. But you'll have, you know, guys that aren't necessarily playing the top team every week, but they're training with the regular AFL players. They're playing the same system at the lower level. And then, therefore, you can actually have guys over this—you know, over 193 centimeter potentially—who can come in and be a bit part player at the top level, you know. Yeah. Because that's what you need. That's what you need. Like right now, we're playing Marshall, and yeah, he's—he's he's probably good enough, you know, when, when he's when he's there. But he's not there now. So who are we playing? You know, we we should theoretically have some 23-year-old who, yeah, he's not quite as good as Marshall, but he knows the systems, he knows where to lead, he knows all the things that we need to know. Um, but we don't
0: have that player on our list because the list is so small. Mm. Yeah. You know? All right, let's, uh, let's yeah, check sorry, that yeah. one off, stamp distracted. it. We'll, <laughs> we'll, stamp, we'll stamp it and we'll uh, send roll. it in to Gill. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll send it in to Gill and tell him that this is a mandate from us two and uh, it yeah. has to be action for 2020
1: absolutely sounds good now there was just one other a couple other things i did not want to talk about um the gold coast suns their defense is overloaded but they are having a crack um there's a huge number of inside 50s coming against them uh every week but they've got the sixth only the sixth most marks inside 50 against which is better than most inside 50s against um they're not letting a lot of marks get through compared to how much balls getting in there and they do have the most rebounds but they're just getting smashed and uh I think the, the most telling thing, potentially, is that they've got very few contested marks taken in defence. Um, the most for any of their defences is Cade Collajajny, who's got three for the season. Uh, so they're really mm-hmm. suffering for not having intercepting backmen, I think, uh, as much as anything, or at least not earning the side right now. Uh, and they are playing; they are actually playing pretty hard football. So they've got the most tackles in the league. They're fourth for one percenters. They've got the third most contested possession. Like These are pretty much stats that Port had back in, what was it? 2000, something like that, around that era, when we, I think the top two teams, Essendon and North Melbourne, were like for hardball gets, they were two and three, and we were number one. Like they, they're trying really hard. They're having a really hard, really good hard crack at, at trying to get control of the play and contesting and doing all the things that, you know, a new coach would demand of a team. And it's really just a matter of time until they take a big scalp, and I'm really hoping it's not us.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm confident. Sorry, I've been up since four, so you got to apologise with your your. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that uh, it won't be us this week, even though we we do seem to suffer letdowns after big emotional wins. Yes, um, it's a worry. It is a worry, and uh, I noticed uh, one of the fans was a bit critical of Robbo this week on AFL 360, where he was, you know. Intimating that Port maybe over-relies on passion too much. And, yeah, I think sometimes uh, that can maybe go against us a little bit. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm pretty confident. You know, the players know the importance of this game uh, for them and, you know, what it represents to the club. So, uh, I mean, I, we're eventually going to drop a game in China at some stage, but I don't think it'll be this year. No, I mean,
1: they've got... Their forward line is kind of decimated. Um, you know, there's no Tom Lynch, no Sam Day. Um, Aaron Young is like their second highest goal kicker. So (laughs) you can take from that what you want. Like that's good right now. He's their second highest goal kicker. Um, yeah, they're they're in a bad
0: situation right now. But, um. Didn't Aaron Young do that for us a few years ago?
1: Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. But like in this case, it's just that they're missing their better goal kickers. So.
0: Well, has Sam Day actually become a decent AFL footballer yet? No, well, not really. What's the story there? Not really, but Tom Lynch has, but he's not fit, so there you go. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, all right. Now Even we'll,
0: though Tom Lynch, t- yep. Tom Lynch is Tom Jonas's pitch, right?
1: Well, you see, that's the thing. Yeah, he probably is a bit, but against a side with really no recognised key forwards of note, we're playing four key defenders, so... Um, let's get into that. Let's talk about our team. Um, we've made no changes at the selection table. We're keeping the exact same team as last week, in theory, or at least on paper. Um, and our emergencies are Carl Amon, Trent McKenzie, Jack Tringo from Don Barry. Um, I really think that one of our tall defenders is going to get dropped for Trent McKenzie to play against his old club. I think that's almost a Monty um, that that might happen um, because it just you look at the matchups right now, and it just makes sense to go as tall in defence as we have right now. So. Um, yeah, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think about keeping the tall
0: defence? What do uh, you think about not making any changes? I like. No, I'm happy with no changes, and I'm happy to play our tall defence because our our tall defence isn't that tall anyway. And uh, Dougal Howard's very pacey and can uh, can play on tolls and smalls. And uh, for me, I yeah, Tom Cleary, again. He could probably doesn't need the big monsters either, and he's he's a high endurance. Uh, player so he could probably push up and run up the ground more and and just drag the forward out so uh, I don't think it's a defence that would be exposed by a small forward team compared to say a Richmond for example, I think a Richmond at the moment would definitely take advantage of our um, four key defensive pillars so to speak more so than than Gold Coast and to be honest um, I know it was only one game but I didn't see much in that game from Trent McKenzie. But, I mean, I know it was uh, the Essendon debacle, so maybe I'm being a bit unfair on my judgment on him.
1: Yeah, look, I, I just look at their forward line. Here, here's the forward line. And um, I reckon this. Is, if I was going to play a game with you, Rick, I didn't do any prep for it. But I'd be asking, is this a Gold Coast Suns player or a stand-up comedian? Um, <laughs> because mm. they're just such a names. So we've got Aaron Young, Charlie Ballard, Jack hey. Sexton... Jacob Heron, Jack Martin, and Nick Holman. Like, that's not exactly the most noted forwards in the league, you know? Um, we know yeah. Aaron Young. Only, and the only reason we know Aaron Young is because you played for Port. Um, the others, there, okay. They're all right. Um, yeah. But this just doesn't seem, there just doesn't seem to be anything in there to justify the kind of defensive set we've named. And that worries me a little bit. I'm not sure why okay. we've done that. I'm not sure how we adapt okay. to that.
0: I'm glad we've had no you've had no preparation time because you just embarrassed me once again <laughs> with, my, with my lack of outside team knowledge, but um yeah i mean look i again that's a reason not to alter the defensive structure I mean they're not really famous last words threatening forwards, so you know our our players should be able to handle uh, them so uh, again, if it was Richmond, yeah, I'd definitely be assessing how we want to go about it. But I think it's good for continuity, yeah? especially now that Ryder's back in Dougal can play down there. I think it's good for our, our continuity. Um, I mean, what are they going to hope for? Just bomb along that, that it gets brought to ground and they can apply forward pressure. Is you know, is that what they're hoping for? I'd yeah, imagine that's, that's okay. 100% what they're hoping for. Yeah, that's how
1: they're playing um, and that's how they're set up. Like we just yeah. talked about, you know, they've, they've been doing a lot of work in contested possession and tackling and one percenters. Like they're doing the work there to be the side that can hold the ball in their forward line. And then it just comes down to who's going to be better at ground level. <laughs> and that worries mm. me a little bit. Um, if, if, they, I mean, look, if, if, if they don't just blaze into the forward line with big, long kicks, if they actually play smart and, you know, try and, and manage to get it into space or manage to run it in there, I just worry that they might be a bit too fleet of foot for our, um, you know not necessarily the fastest defence in the league. Howard's all right, for mm. the rest of them, they're just okay. Uh, I think that that could be an area where we could be exposed.
0: Um, I'd be that... more worried if it's raining. If it's raining, definitely yeah. one oh, has yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd probably bring in uh, Barring. To be honest, I, I would be happy if Amon doesn't play another game for Port Adelaide.
1: I'm not far from that myself, I, if I'm honest.
0: I, uh, I've, ruled a, I've ruled a big, fat black line through his name.
1: I wouldn't go that far. I think he needs to improve uh, a lot to be considered a first 22 player
0: for Port Adelaide, frankly. Um, He needs needs to do a lot? Yeah,
1: he needs to improve a lot. He needs to improve a lot,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I've written him off. I I don't think he can do it. So, I'd be happy to trade him to St Kilda at the end of the year. Yeah? Yeah, I would not be against trading. That'd be all right. So, I mean, I I didn't mind. I don't know. Barry's an interesting one. I think. I mean, his first two games and his Sydney game was fantastic, and he applies a lot of defensive pressure. Um, he sort of lost his way a little bit there, especially with our losses. So, but I mean, if if anything, I'd like to see Barry come in more than Mackenzie. Um, if we were to take a toll out for a small. Yeah. Well,
1: apparently. There's something from Winnie Runner being mentioned here, in the, and Mackenzie and Trango are on a plane to play for the Magpies, and Amon and Barry are our emergencies. So that's interesting. Um,
0: so they they flew him over there to fly him back. I guess so. <laughs> wow. Um,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I guess that's how it is.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Pollex. Pollex, I'm well. So um yeah, they probably need the two runners there in case Pollock doesn't get up I think it's on the flu or something so um yeah yeah that's the issue <laughs> I mean that is that is definitely uh interesting that they um they're flying them back yeah you, yeah. Know, you think you think they just get the game time loading in over there with training rather than uh, I mean I know we're not paying for the tickets but it seems a little bit weird they're probably... Disappointed. Oh. Yeah, fly over there, a couple of days. See you later, boys. Go back and play for the Maggies. Oh, come on!
1: It's almost like the um, uh, the, the the it's a good bloke perk. You know, you get to you get to fly over and have a couple of days in China, um, and that's sort of a recompense for not getting a game for probably the rest of the season. Yeah, <laughs> maybe who knows?
0: <laughs> who knows?
1: All right. Well, look, we'll have a quick chat about uh, Gold Coast. Um, I'll just sort of run through this because there's not a lot to talk about. Um, they've got one new, one change, same days out, and Jacob Heron is in, and he's a small player. It's his debut, so who knows what might happen. Um, the ruck contest is going to be interesting. Jared Witz, this uh, Paddy Ryder. Witz is averaging thirty-three hitouts, fifteen touches, and about four clearances a game. I think he's third or fourth for them in clearances this year. Um, it's pretty good for Ruckman, but hopefully Paddy Ryder has hit his form by now. Hopefully he's ready to play out a full game, and if he does,
0: he'll be fine. Well, it's it's serviceable, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's very He's good. actually he's actually he's actually improved from the you know, Collingwood days, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean they're reasonable stats. So uh, I don't think he's got the, probably the athleticism to compete with Ryder. And say that's where he's going to struggle. Yeah,
1: it'd be interesting to see if uh, Ryder can take more advantage around the ground. Um, yeah. as, far as, as far as the midfield Jared Lyons is their best midfielder right now uh, he's, uh, which is surprising he's got 24 disposal average 6 clearances a game and more than 50% of his possession is contested uh, and Miller and David Solo are fairly important to the midfield um, I'm not overly concerned about them um, in the midfield I think that they'll do enough to get a bit of ball but we've seen already that their ball use is not ideal and when they are clearing it it's not, it's not really becoming anything um, I'm not too worried about their midfield. How do you feel about their midfield?
0: Yeah, I don't feel much at all.
1: No, okay. Um, we've talked a little bit about their forward line already. No Tom Lynch, no same day. Uh, Jack Martin is their leading goal kicker, and he's only got 1.5 goals a game. Aaron Young and Alan's, Alex Sexton uh, are tied with one goal a game, of, and that's all of the players that are playing this week. So that's their 20, top three forwards. They're averaging three and a half goals a game. <laughs>
0: so... Jack Jack Martin was the number one pick, right? No, wasn't he? Oh, was he? No, he didn't. No, I thought he was number. I thought he was number one pick. Oh, gosh, I to, I, I, can't,
1: I don't
0: think so. He he was a very very high pick, the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he was picked second after o, O'Meara or something. I'm positive he was number one. He
1: was number one in the 2012 mini-draft. There you
0: go. Yeah. I mean, you're the draft expert here with mecca I mean, the size of that player, I mean, is that, is that, would you bank a number one pick on that style of player? I mean, I don't know, it seems a bit... Oh. Is, is, is that, he's okay, but he's not great. Yeah,
1: look... I think that when you're building a list, you need all kinds of players. Um, But we we know, like we've talked about at length on this podcast about uh, how Scott Clayton is a shitty recruiter who shouldn't ever ever be allowed near a football club, let alone one that's building up from scratch. Um, So that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, that's all that happened, really. (laughs) No, you shouldn't, but it was Scott Clayton. That's exactly what Scott Clayton would do, and it's turned out like Scott Clayton drafting tends to uh, turn out. So that's it. And we talked about it a bunch of times
0: before. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'd love to be in the AFL system because it's one of those systems once you're in, you have to do something pretty horrendously bad to be kicked out of it
1: well, uh, personality does seem to, be, seem to be a factor in how long you can last in it, yes um,
0: and Clayton's done well
1: yeah, now as far as the Suns defence, um, they're okay but the reality is that if we maintain the average midfield output some of the shitter teams in the league have put together Like, it won't matter if they play really well because they'll just be overwhelmed by what we're doing. Yeah, they'll just be overwhelmed by way of possession. That's what happened to them in most games this year. They're doing as as much as they can be expected to do. But we should have enough to, to match them. And particularly if we can play, you know, two of um Wingard, Grey and um uh Rockcliffe forward. If we can play two of them forward or half forward, then that should be enough to just really overwhelm them, so um, I'm not too worried about that defence. Yeah, uh, I think that in a side, if you took that defence and put it in a side with a more structured midfield and forward line, they'd actually be pretty good. But they're not; they're, they're not by themselves. They can't do enough. I don't think.
0: So May got off his umpire contact charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did Hawkins get off as well? Oh, I
1: don't
0: know. No idea. No, I thought Hawkins got off as well the other week. I'm just wondering where where's the AFL at with um, umpire contact? Is it is it it's uh, it's not acceptable? But we won't punish you now. Is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, well,
1: when a port player does it, they'll say enough's enough, and then ping them for three weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we can't tolerate this anymore. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's it's right. it's just go you got uh, a week? it's just really. I oh, do. I thought. I thought he they appealed it or something, and it got scaled down. But, but uh, I'm glad Hawkins got a week. I'm, I'm getting. I mean, am getting
1: that source from Windy Runner on Spreaker
0: chat. So uh, that's all I know. <laughs> thanks, Windy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess uh, May's probably lucky that he's playing. I didn't see it obviously, but um, limited AFL content over here. But yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. I mean, look. Even. But I mean. Yeah, I think I think Schultz and Fets uh, pointed out well. If we're if we're worried about losing a Gold Coast because May's playing in the side, we've got something wrong going on.
1: Yeah, it's not going to it's not a game changer for us, really. I don't think. I think we should win this one. Um, this a couple of quick questions. Should we be concerned about Stewie Dew as a coach? Um, my only concern is how much he would really treasure a win against Port Adelaide first half. Um, but apart from yeah. that, I just think that you know right now he'd treasure any win and every win. I
0: don't think that's going to be enough of a factor. Um, I was and- thinking about that when yeah. I, I saw your run sheet, and yeah. uh, I still have a bit of a grudge against Stewie D. Well, yeah, I don't, his, as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I need to move on from it, but you know, he lost. He was a good player for Port, and lost. His, he bloomed out, and you know, he let himself go, retired, and then dogged us, and came back and played for Hawthorne. Um, I don't know. It's just it's something about it that I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me for some reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, glad to hear you. I'm not the only one.
1: No, I, I think that. I mean, I've, I think it's always been like I've always felt that Stewie's never been 100% Port Adelaide. Um, like how he slummed it so he could play in Central's first grand and first Central's first Premiership. You know, like he he could have played better than that, but he, I think he was really keen on playing in Central's first Premiership. Um, I think that Port Adelaide just happens to have been where he ended up and I don't think that I don't, ne- I don't think he's necessarily a loyal player that's okay, that's fine for a senior coach you know. Um, that's part of what I thought was interesting about him as a senior coach option for us uh, because he wouldn't be coming in with oh, you're all my mates, I love you all um, he's shown multiple times he's happy to just, yeah, nah, we're done, thanks, bye I've got something new going on um, and for a senior coach you know, that, that sort of says he's probably able to make hard calls uh, so I, I, that was one of the things I, I, I thought would weigh in his favour. But as far as you know, where he is now, he's not our coach. He's probably not going to be our coach. So yeah, no, I, I never felt he was hundred percent Port Adelaide. But that's okay. You know, that's where we are.
0: Yeah. Mm. It is. All
1: right. But anyway, yeah. Now I have been advised by Rick that unless I want him to crash into a swamp and be eaten by an alligator, I have to look at the questions on Bigfooty So let's have a quick look
0: yeah the so traffic's a bit dense on the freeway so i'm doing seen? 75 i'm doing 75 miles um about an hour and a half out of Fort lauderdale and passing trucks so reading my mobile phone for pretty questions might might be a little bit too courageous on my part have you
1: seen any crocs
0: yet i have yeah. i um i play i played golf with uh nicole's father about a month ago at a um they, they live in a, a place called The Villages, which is sort of an hour northwest of uh, Orlando. And so we were playing on this golf course. And,
1: yeah. you know, they've got
0: the old croc site, uh, signage there and stuff. And uh, sorry, we had a, uh, on one hole, um, I had a really bad hole and I sliced it into someone's front yard. Oh, and wow. uh, anyway, but, but so next week this crocodile come, a little foot and a half baby croc. Comes out of their front yard, walking across the road um, into the into one of the dams on the golf course, and and then on another hole on a dam in a dam there was probably a five foot crop. but um, yeah, yeah, they just they just do their own thing, and um, they just steal children and small pets predominantly. So yeah, I mean they don't the golfers there don't you know. Really go hunting for the balls near the edge of the water for too long. Um, no, no, I guess. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, look, I mean, I think what they do is they collect them and then move them on once they get to a certain size. But oh yeah, but they don't. They're not too. They're not too interested in the human flesh, from what I've been told.
1: Oh, okay. Wow,
0: that's. But if, you, if I, you would check
1: not, I would not go near that place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you check my Facebook, there's a couple of old pictures I took and put up there from when I was playing golf.
1: Oh, good day. All right, now, big footy question. Here's the first one from One Great Club. What do you think of KT's desire for back-to-back and night Shanghai games in the future?
0: I think that's great. We're there anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, why not? If there's two teams that want to sell their home fixture... I mean, I I think it would be a great... And then, obviously the players can just stay there, train and have a bit of a pattern and continuity. Uh, Yeah, I think the big sides would complain it's too much of an unfair advantage if we were playing them second. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, from our perspective, there's no reason not to do it. It's probably just the case of that second team probably not wanting to do it. But that's okay. That's their problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, If the money... Is enough, they'll do it.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've had a question. When Marshall is back, oh, this is from Andre, when Marshall is back, who goes out for him? Um, for me, it's got to be one of the tall defenders at this point.
0: Yeah, I guess so. That would make most sense. Um, yeah. I guess it's not my problem. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, depends on our form too. You know, I mean, Jake Neade, could be out of form and have three bad games, and so they might go. Oh, all right, we'll need a year out, or you know, I mean. But yeah, look, we're we're close to our best twenty-two, really. So, um, oh, we're still There's not way too many, many players missing. Yeah.
1: You reckon? Yeah. Well, I mean, for Who, a start, we're missing Hartler for the year, so that's one. Uh, and Marshall's yeah, well, in
0: the first twenty-two. But yeah. well, um, Hartler's out out and, for the year. So and then there are
1: players in the first twenty-two in the form of Wingard and Ryder that are not. You know they're still recovering from injury, so um, I think we're still a bit off it yet, yeah. but that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're getting close. So. Yeah, we're getting close, but we're yeah. we're not not quite but, there yet. Yeah. No, but it'll be interesting to see. Who knows? A good question. I uh, probably um, Hobbs or Clory for Marshall, I guess, to answer yeah. the question. Yeah,
1: would be mine. Um, Jason K asks, "Does Porsche still post under a different username?" Yes, I am Spring Choke. <laughs> um, is that Spring Choke still on Big Footy? What are you? Spring Choke, remember Spring Choke? Was that OK Crow's new alias or something back in the day? Thousands of years ago um, no, I don't In know. the Paleozoic of Big Footy um, Okay, let's move on um, I, Us Against the Rest I do, has ha- asked... I do, ha-
0: I, I do have the Pooh account if you want
1: it <laughs> No, good, good <laughs> um, Us Against the Rest has asked Where is Robbie's best position? Forward or in the middle? Close yeah, that was going to be my answer as well. He, his best position is the fact that if he's in an area and it's not working out, you should, for that, whatever the matchup reason is, you can put him in the other, and that just makes it a real headache for coaches and players to adapt to. So his flexibility Correct. between positions is what makes him so excellent and so valuable to the side. So, yeah, no, both. has to be both. Yeah. And, would you, and here's another one from like Us Against the Rest, which I think is another good one. Would you agree that we bashed the Crows up in the showdown? They seem to have a few sore boys this week, and in fact they do. They've got four guys out with injury. Did we bash them up, Rick? Have they? Yeah, yeah. Who have they got out? Uh, They have
0: out. Hang on, I'll bring it up. I know McGovern's out. He's fractured his face or something.
1: Yeah, they've got Luke Brown out, Mitch McGovern out, Taylor Walker out, and Matt Crouch out. Um, So
0: that's four. Oh, um, that's a shame.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, well, uh, I guess that um, that was one of those things we also talked about last week is that you know, maybe there is an element of perceived pressure in how the Crows have been getting their wins and that what we really need to do is take it up to them. And that's exactly what we did. And, you know, they came off second best, so it sucks to be them. <laughs> we did bash them. Yeah. Well, we
0: did. We didn't. We did. well, we did. We did. Well, we did play a physical game of football, which was good. So... Um... Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'll go with yeah. We bash them. Yeah,
1: and Kirk on Spreaker chat has also added SPP put the fear of God up them. Um, yeah, fair
0: enough. <laughs> I, I think no. I thought I thought SPP played a great game, and we definitely missed his physicality. It's... And we're four 0 with with him in the side. So it is all up to SPP.
1: Honestly, uh, the thing I, I was when I was watching uh, SPP play this week, that again, gives me being a Port Adelaide relic again. Um, it just kind of reminded me of Daryl Poole, you know, in that a lot of what he did, all of what he did was ugly, and a lot of it is not what you would say was a conventionally good football game. But it was a lot of really important things he did. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and that goal was a bullet, though. That was really good. That was phenomenal.
0: That, I mean, he he's becoming a bit notorious for those trace bullet goals, isn't he?
1: Well, I don't think he does it all that often. Um, it would be nice if he did. Um, but, yeah, wow, that, that, if, if, you, if he can do that a bit consistently, then that's just deadly. That's brilliant.
0: They're yeah, like every game. Sorry? Like every game.
1: Yeah, if you could do one, one of those every game, I'd be excited, for sure.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, all right. Uh, So, if you haven't got anything else, we're going to go into the final wrap-up.
0: Sounds good, because I'm uh, getting ready for a a car stop break, so that'll be awesome.
1: Okay, here we go. So, who's your winning side this week, and what's the margin going to be?
0: Port Adelaide by 75. We need a percentage booster.
1: Okay, I'm going to say Port by 45, because I do think that once we get a certain distance in front, we probably won't push all that hard. Um, as much as anything because it looks bad for, right. looks bad for the contest
0: um
1: highest for Port
0: uh, Charlie Dixon how many three nah okay. actually four
1: alright fair enough um who am I going to pick I'm going to say uh, I reckon it's going to be Wingard with four I Wingard's going to get away this week because I think they'll be paying a lot of attention to grey So I'm going to say it um, we'll the Different player one. Uh, are you ready to say we'll win the Premiership? How are you feeling after that showdown? Are you feeling a bit more confident of Premiership success?
0: Uh, well, yeah, obviously we're in there, but uh, yeah. no, not just yet. Oh, I think oh, the, I want to. I want to. I want to see a bit more room for improvement.
1: Fair enough. Um, Windy Runner on Spreaker Chat has mentioned port by 45 as the winning side margin, and that's exactly what I said, so that's good. Works well. Um, as for other games you're looking forward to this week, um, I know you probably have not been watching much, which makes sense. I'll mention a couple. Um, Adelaide versus the Bulldogs is a big one. Uh, because of those four outs, and because of the form they're in, I just kind of wonder whether that's this is the sort of circumstances where the Bulldogs might just actually get up and give Adelaide an embarrassing loss, which... Of the kind that we all I hope watch. so. Yeah, that'd be really good, would Yes. Um, yes, please. Then uh, another one is you have to really just say is probably on paper it'd have to be a match of the round West Coast versus Richmond. Um,
0: that is, I did look at the fixtures and yes, that is the game that will be interesting. Yeah,
1: i will be absolutely fascinating to see how that one turns out. It'll be the rare Richmond game that I actually enjoy is... watching, so uh, I'll
0: definitely keep eye on watching. It's Richmond at home too, isn't
1: it? Uh, Let's bring that page up again. Hope you like my sound effects, they take a lot of planning. <laughs> uh, it is at uh, up Optus Stadium, it's in Perth, yeah.
0: Perth. Uh, I reckon if, if if Richmond win this game, they'll finish top, I reckon.
1: Yeah, fair chance.
0: That's my that's that's my call.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Uh yeah, Eagles have got a few good ins. Uh, they've got McGovern in, Nui in, Dom Sheed in, Lewis Jetter in. Uh, that's, that's a pretty solid four to name as your ins for the week, that's for sure. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how well they come back into the side. Um, Absolutely. And from that, I think we're done. So uh, you can have your rest stop. Uh, oh, one quick question awesome. for Kirk. Seriously, if you're Gold yeah. Coast, how do you plan for Robbie? Um, I don't know or you don't I don't know I don't know (laughs)
0: just just give up just give up now
1: somebody else's problem I've got no idea how they plan for Robbie I think they just I think they probably are going to have physical attention on him because that has been shown to occasionally work in the past Um, but with SPP there we might get a nice fight and I'm sure that the Chinese crowd will enjoy that Um, nothing like a bit of violence for fans that don't know a lot about the sport they love that sort of thing
0: I think you should, the only thing you could do is try and play, play very close attention and scrag him and hope that the umpires don't give him those uh, free kicks and then he might start trying to play for them. Yeah. And uh yeah. but it's a risk, It's a risky game that could backfire though. Oh Because sure. like last week, like last week they rewarded him and paid him the legitimate free kick. So yeah. yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Who knew that happened?
1: It's
0: time. <laughs> it's time for me. It's time for me to go.
1: Okay, so thank you, Rick, for coming from the wilds of Florida. Thank you for everyone listening in on Spreaker Chat. We actually had a few listening this week and contribute, so that was quite fun. Uh, thanks to Bigfooty, question askers, and uh, other podcast listeners. And Kahn Port, um, let's keep our China win streak intact.
0: All right. Ciao, ciao, peoples. The <sighs> boycott. <laughs> Gets the ball across towards a teammate. Rich hand pass though. Slapped. And now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking.